everyone. Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name is Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher and yoga business coach. I am so glad you're here. Enjoy 45 minutes of training for you and your yoga business. Hi, everyone. I hope you're all doing great. Amy McDonald here, yoga business coach. Sliding in for a conversation about how often to send newsletters to your email list. Uh, something that I get asked quite a lot. Uh, particularly when I'm on retreat and something that I work uh, a lot with uh, with my private clients. Before we get underway today, um, I wanted to let you all know about some great free training that's coming up that I want you to go subscribe to. So you can get, if you're here uh, on Facebook, you can get the links in the comments. And if you're listening in via the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast, hello! Love you. Make sure you look at the episode notes and you can get the links there. I will be doing, starting uh, starting this week, Spiritual Leadership Masterclass is starting, um, hosting that with Nicole Valkamp. It's going to be an amazing week-long journey of training about what, is it, what does spiritual leadership mean anyway? How do you do it well? How do you actually uh, uh, be empowered and take control in a way that feels authentic and aligned with your dharma and not like, Coming crazy bitch lady, don't need to do that. But there is a time to be assertive and authoritative and how do you do that as a yogini? So a week-long masterclass, a whole bunch of training, handouts, principles, worksheets, good times. You're going to love it. Uh, check out the link. Also, the Health and Wellness uh, Business Accelerator, I'm going to be co-hosting that with another four uh, health and wellness coaches on teaching them a whole bunch of different topics. It's a three-hour-long live stream that will be happening Next week, um, I'm going to be teaching specifically about social media and how I believe it can be in service rather than something that's heavy. It actually gets to be safer in a way of sharing great messages. Hey, hey, left hand yoga. I want to say hi to James, who I've been talking to this week on this very topic. Um, also, Rita Paracas. Hey, hey, welcome to Instagram. I'm going to say hello to you as well. Rita and I have been talking today, having some coaching time together. So if you're interested in getting a bit more of my take on social media, plus, honestly, uh, four other amazing trainers who've got some really cool topics to teach on, stuff that I don't teach on either. So like things like how do you get yourself on Google Maps and how do you use that so that people can find you and what is current best practice for things like letterboxing, not my area of expertise, but super useful information. So like I said, if you're podcasting, check the episode notes for the link. And if you're on Facebook, you can get the link in the comments. That's going to be an amazing session. And then, of course, also coming up on the 18th of this month, we've got 12 days of the Business of Yoga speaker series back for round number five. Uh, I've been interviewing some seriously cool yoga teachers from all over the world for you, and they are sharing their wisdom. An expert a day for 12 days starting on the 18th of March. We've got, oh, my goodness, I had so many like so many great guests, I was talking with uh, Sandy Fernandez, who teaches all about our karmic currency and the connection between money and the chakras. Super interesting. Um, talking to uh, uh, Anna Forrest and Jose Calaco about, well, how do you actually like, I don't know, create a firestorm of a business with your like life partner and various other things. That's a juicy conversation that goes for a really long time. Awesome. Epic. That's the perfect word for those two and a conversation about yoga. Epic. Um, Daniel Scott and I had a really great conversation about like what is the difference, well, like bakery and legitimacy and and 
where do you find yourself in yoga land and what does it mean to be a teacher versus like an educator or how do you not be a show pony and how do you still demonstrate when you might be more able than other people in the class super super interesting stuff Kat Fowler um, beautiful yoga teacher really focusing on meditation she's going to be sharing with us how do you know when you're ready to host a teacher training a lot of people want to do it because it looks like a cash injection for a yoga business but how do you know when it's actually the right time and that's just what four of the entire lineup four of 12 so if you think those topics are juicy you're going to love it make sure that you signed up for that as well like i said podcasters get the session notes and if you're here on facebook the link is in the comments okay so hey susan is in the house great to see you susan jody is here nice to see you ladies so today i want to talk about oh i missed a bit today i want to talk about um newsletters and how often do you send them and actually let me refine what i'm saying here because i'm not talking about newsletters um newsletters died newsletters died when um myspace died <laughs> newsletters died when actually no one should have had a hotmail account anymore because that thing's just full of spam blows my mind when people email me from hotmail like how the hell does that thing still work god knows what's coming into my hotmail since i abort abandoned ship anyway newsletters uh that that day that day came when uh like at the start of the kali yuga <laughs> aka some time ago so when i say newsletters i mean like you know when you used to get them from your fans that you liked and had it had like the where's Amy section and the Amy's favorite resources section and the thought of the week and like that. That's a newsletter, right? Recipe of the month or seasonal yoga poses or whatever. That's a newsletter. And you'll find those in the History Museum. Nobody does those anymore. We're not talking about sending out newsletters. Essentially, it's just all bad habit for saying. How often do you actually email your mailing list? How often should you be doing that? And uh, the answer is, or AOL.com says, Susan, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna alter Vista up the answer to that question. Yeah, no one, no one does that anymore. No, no, no one does that anymore, big pond. Thanks, Susan, you're so much fun. So how often do you send out emails to people? And um, I'm gonna be really controversial here perhaps for some of you, I've got a few points to make about really about mailing lists. So let's start way back to basic. If you have a yoga business, particularly if you live in the European Union, and still if you live in the United States, if you still come from a land down under, uh, you can get away with some pretty bad stuff. But do this anyway it's like internet yamas and niyamas you do not anymore send emails where you bcc the hell out of everybody who you've ever met if you're picking up business cards and maybe someone rang you and you have a mum at the kinder who might like you and you're putting them all in a bcc and sending them out an email you're generating significant bad karma <laughs> You need a CRM, you need some kind of email management software system. Hint, there are awesome ones and you can get them for free if you're just starting out like MailChimp or ChimpMail as people keep referring to it, who are new to it. I love you, Kate. ChimpMail, I love it. It's why it's hard to find when you Google it. MailChimp, 
Anyway, you need something that is going to systematize, hold your data, hold your contacts, and let you send out, whoa, HTML emails. So that's step number one. And it's about data protection, and it's about just looking like you, you know what you're doing, looking professional. Uh, and it's about, importantly, particularly for us as yoga teachers, it's about um, making it very, very easy for people to unsubscribe. And I'm going to loop back to why that counts later. But for right now, overnight someone emailed me, Andrea, hello, an email that said, you email too much. That's all it said. No, like, hey, namaste, bitches, nothing. Just, you email too much. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know, that's a fairly subjective claim for her. It's totally accurate. Um, and, and for my coach, I don't email half enough. Um, and, and so, you know, I can just write back and say, cool, unsubscribe with the link at the bottom, or if you like, I'll take you off the list. But having a, a CRM, having an automated email system means that, um, People self-manage. You're not imposing yourself in someone's inbox. You're not sending people stuff that they didn't ask for. And if they get sick of you for any reason, or maybe they're just kind of like complete. It turns out I like adult tap. I don't like yoga. What happened to half of my students? I'm not joking. You know, it turns out I, I kind of want to like do macrame on a Wednesday. So I'm just going to opt out. It's easy for them to do it. You're not holding on to anybody. And this is about abundance consciousness and not poverty scarcity mentality. Okay, so no more BCCing. Welcome to the Kali Yuga. It is time to have a CRM. You can get one for free, something like Chimp Mail, otherwise known as MailChimp. There's others. I, I don't have shares in that or anything. There are oodles. That's just one that I know how to use. Uh, Susan said, I got the same thing from one of my unsubscribes. Yeah, right. Cool. We're just not a miss. We're just not a match. Not that we're bad people, just not an email match. That's good. Okay, so number two is um, number the, the, so that's the first mistake that I see. The second mistake that I see people making is oops is um, not emailing because they're concerned that people will opt out. Right? They're concerned that people are going to opt. If I if I email them too much, they're going to leave me. You know, it's like. I can't help myself. Here we go again. It's the podcast. Amy's got to do dating analogies. It's like, um, you know that thing? I don't know if this is still a thing. This is back in the days when Amy had a blue Nokia phone that she had for a really long time. Uh, anyway, and you know, they'll be like, oh, I really want to text. I really want to. No, it doesn't seem. I really want to. I'm so old. I really want to text. I really want to text. But oh, I don't want to look needy. And how long do I wait? Like it's kind of this energy we're sending out emails. I've really got something to say and I really want to tell them, but I don't want them to like not like me anymore. And what if I'm coming across too much and too pushy? And what if I should like wait a little bit longer? And people can go kind of crazy about freaking out that if they email too much, they're gonna, you know, turn somebody off. So um and you know, here's the thing, when you've got a mailing list of like 16 people and someone unsubscribes, it can feel fairly catastrophic. If you've got a 20 person mailing list and one person unsubscribes, you've lost half, you've lost the five percent of your database, baby. That's big. But I gotta tell you, I'm a small player. I have a tiny, tiny mailing list compared to my peers. And every time I send out an email, about 40 people unsubscribe. Every time. 
And I have a small list. This is just normal, right? So if you are not sending out emails because you're worried that people are going to unsubscribe, you're preventing the people who need your information from getting it. That would be like saying, here we go again. That would be like saying, I'm dating this person and they're so amazing, but you know, I just kind of like contact them every you know, sort of month or so because I don't want to be too much. You're not dating. That's not dating. I don't know what you call that. That's like, I don't know, hooking up or something. Have at it. No judgment here. But it's not like you're not in a relationship with someone you're seeing once a quarter. Unless it's how you put uh, Anyway, you get my point, right? If you're not emailing people because you worry they're going to say, whoa, too much, then they're not the right person to have on your email list. And the good thing about having a CRM is they don't have to send your email saying, Mary, you email me too much. They can just hit the unsubscribe button. That's really easy. And straight away they're gone and everybody feels good about it. Susan says, that's a lot of unsubscribes. No, it's not. It's just like 40 people in email who are like, yeah, I'm done. She sends me too many emails. I don't like her pants. Turns out I never wanted to be a yoga teacher anyway. I was just stalking her for the hell of it. Who knows, Susan, why they do? None of my business. What I don't want as a yogini, as a spiritual leader, is to be forcing information on people that don't want to receive it. That's icky. But sending out a bunch of emails that are crazy easy to unsubscribe from, that I feel good about. So mistake number two, if you are avoiding sending email because you're worried people are going to unsubscribe, that's like, that's like, um, you know, just, just teaching the same yoga asana every week because you're worried people might not like something different. You've got to just be emailing and sharing your message because there are people who need to hear it. There are people who want to hear from you. And if you've got something to share, your job is to put it out there in the world. Like, you know, you wouldn't have been given the gifts that you've been given if you weren't meant to share them. Holding back because your fear of being rejected, you know, don't do it. You've got to email people and let people unsubscribe and don't take it personally when they do. It is like dating in that sense. It's a, it's a, filtering process the people who don't unsubscribe from my the people who open my emails and they don't unsubscribe they're my people man they like it bless them they won't get that stuff and they might not read all of them we'll talk about that in a sec but they read some and whatever and they see my name in their inbox they go yeah, yeah. they're my people you have those people too. The people who unsubscribe from your mailing list they don't want to hear from you so they're probably not going to want to come to your classes you don't it's not that you don't care about them, but it's not your job to get all freaked out and take it personally when they decide that they don't want to hear from you anymore. Does that make sense? True, says Susan. You're my hero, Susan. Who else is here? Say hi if you're here with me live. If this is if this is floating your uh, newsletter adversity boat, let me know. Type something into the into the chat. And okay, so we've talked about the mistakes. Now, mistake number one is no actual organized system to hold your data and protect it, particularly if you're in the GDPR region, like the data protection re regulation kind of area. It's illegal for you to do shitty, aogic things with people's data. And it's just shitty everywhere, whether it's illegal or not. Don't do it. Get yourself a system. Number two, people avoid sending enough email because they're worried that people are going to reject them. If people unsubscribe, I'm a bad person. No, it's got nothing to do with you personally. If people unsubscribe, it's because they just don't want to get your email. And here's the thing, 
It's not even that they don't want to get your email. It's that they don't want to get the email from your business. Do you think about a massive company? I don't know, what's a cliche? Do you think Richard Branson is taking it personally when people opt out from whatever the hell email they have? No. No. Why? It's not your identity that they're saying, oh my God, Katie Dutton is a bad person. Unsubscribe. It's just like, you know what? Yoga. Nah, nah, nah. Or yeah, too many emails. Or I'm busy, I'll forget about it. Or I'm having a inbox declutter and I'm unsubscribing from everything and they might regret it later and come find you again. That happens a lot to me. It's not personal when people unsubscribe from your newsletter. Forget about it. Don't avoid sending out emails because you're worried that people are going to unsubscribe. Unsubscribing is a good thing. You want to know why? Because there will come a point in your business where Actually, that system that you're using is no longer free. When you have a certain number of people signed up to your mailing list, funnily enough, the software, fabulous people at the software company are going to start billing you for that service, which is a good thing because we like equal primary exchanges in this community. And when that happens, you'll be paying per person. Do you want to have someone on your mailing list? Do you want to be paying for someone on your mailing list? that doesn't want to hear from you? No, you don't. That would be stupid. <laughs> so unsubscribing is a really cool thing. You will notice it more when your email list is teeny tiny. You want to know the best solution? Grow the shears out of your mailing list. Yes. Susan says, that's the name of my primary list. My people. That's awesome, Susan. Linda Jones is in the house. Hey, Linda. Linda Jones, crushing it with a new website. Photo shoots. Man, can't wait to see. You've got to share them in the Facebook group, Linda. I love seeing me a photo shoot outcome. Okay, so there are two mistakes so far. Mistake number three is not emailing enough. Okay, so we understand that, okay, people can unsubscribe. I'm not going to take it personally. Om Shanti Shanti. I'm still a good person and so are they. It's just, it was a misalignment of the pranic fields. Great, done that work. Next, I'm still not gonna email too much because I don't, I don't wanna spam people. I don't wanna like annoy people. I don't wanna be salesy. <laughs> Guess what? This is not pen pals. This is your business and still, even though it is changing, email marketing is the most effective way you have to make sales with people who want to hear from you. Hopefully that sounded, you know, I don't know, clear. <laughs> you need to send a lot of emails because you have something that you believe in and that you love and you genuinely feel that it is in service to the people who need to receive it, right? If you don't, go back to the drawing board and offer something else. Your first job is always to feel completely aligned with what it is that you're selling, right? If you, if you feel icky or weird to you, you have no business selling it. Your job is to be absolutely infatuated with what you're doing. Brand new kids classes, eight people max classes at the Pilates studio. Whatever it is you're all working on, your job is to be infatuated about that so that you very clearly can stand up and say, hey, I got this thing. It's seriously going to be awesome and I genuinely believe it will be good for you. Here, come. 
just like I did at the start of this podcast, right? I just told you, here's three things. I'm selling you three things. I mean, they're all free, but I'm still like, the theory is the same. I'm making an offer. I think you should go do something. And I can genuinely sit here and go, it's fucking awesome. (laughs) You should see what we made for you. You're going to love it. And you should totally go get it, right? The same deal. You you need to feel like that about what it is that you're doing. Hey, folks that are just joining me, uh, say hey. I'd love to know who's here. Okay, so, so you've got to feel like that about whatever it is you're offering. And then here's the next piece. If you go into your service provider, so MailChimp, for example, you can look at the reports and you can see uh, what is the, you know, you can see the reports of all of the, all of the previous emails that you sent. You can see how many people opened it. You can see how many people clicked it. You can see exactly who opened it and exactly who clicked. What time did they click? Lots of really useful data. And this is true for all of the systems, whichever one you have. Now, what you'll also see is that for each of your mailing lists, like Susan's list is called My People, it has an average open rate, right? Type it into the, if you're here live, folks, type into the chat about, Kirsty's here. Hey, gorgeous. Type it into the chat what your open rate is. Kirsty, we haven't forgotten about you. I hope you got a note from Joanna um, about your website makeover. We've got you on the list and we're going to do it next week. We haven't forgotten about you at all. All right, so uh, if you know your email average open rate, type it into the chat. So here's the deal. Um, Industry standard email marketing, 10 to 20, well, 15 is good. Open rate, open rate. Got 100 people on your mailing list, 15 people are going to open it. Not click it, open it. Now, if you've got a teeny tiny mini list, you've got 47 and a half people on the mailing list. Awesome. And you'll also have a much higher open rate. It's just the nature of email lists. But let's say, for example, you have like, I don't know. Let's do easy maths for Amy. Maybe you have like a 30% open rate. So every time you send out an email, 30% of your people open it. Awesome. So let's say, oh God, why did I pick pick a three? I can't remember enough about math. Let's say you have 90 people on your mailing list. Okay, cool. So that means every time you send one out, oh, does that make sense? Fuck it. So you have like, okay, let's just, uh, that's all too hard. 30 people open this shit, right? Great. But here's the thing. That means that people are opening one, roughly, people are opening one in every three emails. So if you send out an email a month, people are only hearing from you once every three months. So if you send out an email, you say, I send out 12 emails a year, I've got one for every month. People are only hearing from you quarterly because only because you have that 33.3 reoccurring percent open rate. So it's not that you're being annoying or spammy or you're badgering people or you're harassing them. It's that you're just working the numbers. If only, if people are only opening one in every three emails and you actually want them to hear from you every week, you need to send them three emails a week. Who's freaked out about this? Who's like, three emails a week? Are you on crack? 35% open rate for Susan. Excellent. 51% open rate from Katie. Yeah, Katie, it's because you're, it's because your mailing list is smaller, but now that you're blonde, it's going to skyrocket. 
Susan, Susan, these numbers are making sense for you, Susan, right? And this is the work that we've been doing, Susan, about going for it with the Tulum uh, retreat, like really going for it. Because if, if only 35, if your open rate is 35%, then that means people are opening one in three emails. So if you think that, oh my God, I'm emailing all the time, I'm emailing every week, and I've got, I've got two whole weeks until my retreat early bird ends, well, guess what? Like what? Come on, brains, I don't know what it is, but a lot. A lot of people won't read any of the emails that you send out in the two weeks before your early bird ends if you're only sending one a week. If they're only opening every three, you need to send six in a two-week period so that they hear from you twice. So this is where it starts to get, you know, like this is where it starts to, where the rubber starts to hit the road about why it's important to email more often than you suspect. Not because you want to be a pest, but because we know that people are busy and even the people who want to hear from you that do not read every email you send. So you need to work the probability. You need to work the percentages to make sure that they do hear from you enough. 43%. I think that's a percent. Just checking my shift from Kirsty. Awesome. Making sense? Is this making sense for everybody? Um, Susan says, I'm emailing every other day for eight days. I bloody love it, Susan. So that means that they will get two to three emails from you. Yeah, great. Nice one with your with your open rate. And look, I'm, this is this is honestly uh, reductive, right? And I'm and, um, generalizing here because who knows? Maybe it's the same 35 of 100 people every time that open every one of Susan's emails and the other's like, yeah, every time. It might not. It might not necessarily work out that way, but I want you to start thinking differently about how often you email your mailing list and not because you're trying to badger them, but because you, if you genuinely believe that what you have is in service and it will be useful to people, you want to make sure that they know about it. And if they're not opening all of your emails, you need to make sure that at least once they're going to hear from you. All right. Um, Clumsy fingers says Kirsty, great. Thumbs up from Katie. Must be time to move on. Great. So then the next mistake that I see people make with their emails, and I'm talking beyond the like bad clip art and bad stock photos and thinking that green and purple font makes like here's a good here's a good idea for International Women's Day. Let's write the whole thing in lavender. No, that's a bad idea. That's a really bad idea. No one can read that. You know, I'm not getting into like like the really bad mistakes. But the general mistakes that I love all you guys mistakes that I see commonly come up. Here's number four, failure to follow up, failure to follow up. I have just spent, I spent about 30 minutes this morning, true story, truth bomb, here we go. It's not a dating analogy. Oh my God. The first time I've gone like true story and they're not giving you some kind of like Tinder insight. Anyway, I can actually think about other things. I spent about 30 minutes this morning. Clearing out my inbox, man, does that stuff build up or what? Then you have like a tongue scraper for your inbox. And just go. Anyway, I will spend some time doing that. And there are, let me see, one, two, three. There is three things in that inbox that I've actually scheduled into my calendar to go sort out tomorrow because I'm even giving myself the shits because I need to get back to people and I haven't yet. So I've stuck it in the Google Calendar so that I'm not allowed to go out and garden until I've done these things. I'm giving myself like an hour for each one. Here's the thing. So 
those unanswered emails have been in my inbox for one of them two weeks. And here's the other thing. They're, all three of them are things that I am going to buy. I am so excited about them. I am signing up. I am going for it. I am so committed. It is going to happen. One of them is hiring a new team player. One of them is spending like five days with my teacher. I am so there. It is happening. No joke. They're in the inbox. It's happening. I know. I've put it in the budget. It's coming up. I've bought the tickets. I'm on the way. It is happening. And if you are on the other end of that email exchange, you're like, oh man, I sent out all these emails and nobody's buying anything. And even that woman with the potty mouth in like central Victoria, even she didn't buy it. So think about it. How many people are on your mailing list that have some behavior in this regard, a little like mine, that they want to do your Thai yoga massage training and they're so smart hot about it. And they're absolutely coming to Mexico and not going to miss it, you know, drugs. But they're just like me and like life, you know, Chitavriti, it's real and they, they're coming, but they just haven't had time to like sit down and think. I'm old school, I'm 41 years old. If I'm going to spend money, I need to sit down. It needs to be quiet. I need to get my purse out and it takes me some time. I'm just going to put my thumbprint on my phone. And those sorts of moments don't come up very often. My point is, if you are not following up with people like me, you're probably missing out on the opportunity to make sales, i.e. to share your yoga with the people who need and want it. It might not be as simple as nobody loves me. It might be everybody's busy and they need you to follow up. So declare it here for me now if you're joining me live. Seriously, I mean, Danny, you don't. I already know that you're all over this, honey, because you're just good at this stuff. But for everybody else, are you, like, do you have a follow-up process after you've sent out an email? Do you even know what that is and how you would go about it? I'm going to share what I think you should do, like very easy email follow-up hack in a second. But I want to see from folks here, like, have you got a follow-up process? Do you actually make this a recurring part of your business system? Do you have a procedure? so that this actually comes together for you. I want to know who's got a follow-up process. No one's, it's crickets, even with the 30-second Facebook delay. <laughs> crickets on the follow-up confessions. Mm -hmm. So here we go. No follow-up processes, Katie. Thanks, Katie. You're awesome. If you use a CRM, well, you're going to, because remember, with AOL, we left BCCing people back in like whenever the internet was invented. When you have a phone call, says Susan, or an email, you're on it, sister. High touch, I like it. When you have an email provider like MailChimp, in the reporting section that I was talking to you about before, it tells you these are the people that opened and these are the people that clicked. And you can actually see which URL in your email they clicked. So if you've got, if you're like Lou from Woodland Yoga, you've got classes. You've got yoga at the museum. You've got half-day Celtic something something. And you've got two-hour yoga in some other park woodland yumminess. Four things all on the go at the same time. You can send out an email that covers those four things. And then after the email goes out, you could go into your email system and look, okay, these four people clicked that thing. These two people clicked that thing. And this woman, she clicked that thing. And then you can follow up with them directly. 
Now, for most of you who are listening to this, you probably have a yoga business, you're probably a freelancer, or you have a small studio. If you have a large studio, you can automate this more. But for, for most of us here, uh, I recommend that this is where you get more personal with people rather than automated. And particularly if you are talking about a higher ticket item. So if there is something that you offer in your businesses, if you've been following my training over the past little while, I've been talking a lot about the tiers of your Yoda business. Maybe you need to write that down as a, um, I'm just going to make a note here. We're going to do that as a future podcast topic because I really want you all to get that. But essentially anything that's at your middle or high tier, so it's your retreat, your teacher training, if you don't do those big things or mentorship program, if you don't have those types of big offers, maybe it's your three-part uh, private classes package or a half-day retreat, but whatever is your more, um, the larger financial and time investment that you're offering, following up with a personal email is so powerful for those people. For example, the thing that I'm going to, I'm going to it. I am so there. I haven't paid. It's still just an unopened, well, I've opened the email like five times, but I keep pressing like mark as unread, so I remember to go back. I teach this and I still do it. It's, it's everywhere. Anyway, I'm going to that. I'm sold. As far as, as far as my mind, it's already on the credit card. Like I am there. I've already arranged the dog sitting. It's happening. But the woman on the other end of the email, she's got no idea that I'm coming. What would be great for her business is if she sent me a note saying, hey, Amy, I can see that you've checked out the program. Just, just sending you a quick note to see, do you have any questions before you go sign up? Let me know. Love to help. Namaste, whomever. Not pushy, not salesy, just helpful and perky. Presuming that someone's going to say yes, because why wouldn't they? If you're coming from the heart, you love what you're doing. Uh, offering it in that in that manner and being wholly unattached to the outcome of me saying, stop spamming me, you whatever. That's a follow-up email. She sends me that email and I'm not thinking, oh my God, would she just leave me the hell alone? I'm thinking, oh my God, Amy, would you just sit down and buy that thing? This is what your people are doing too. They've probably already decided I mean, this happens to me again and again and again. Only of my regulars that are on the call right now. If I send you one of those emails, you're like, ugh. It's, it's, you know, it's just because you know you're coming. I know you're coming. Would you just do your own sit down, get quiet, open your purse and buy the thing? It's really common. So, you know, big, big, big mistake is people send out the email. They can see that people have clicked it and then they're like, oh, my God, why did I not change I'm going to put the email up. I'm going to put the Buy something, get it quicker. Stop it. Just send them another email and say, hey, so you took a look, so you took a look at the thing. Got any questions? Just letting you know there's only a couple of days left on the early bird, or I don't know, whatever it is that, that's relevant at the time. Not to be salesy and weird, not to like pull a marketing move, just because they're probably interested. If they click the link, they're probably interested. Do them a favor and help them along. And if they say, no, no, I just actually wanted to copy your idea. <laughs> Not that that's ever happened to me. You know, send them in love. Send them off in love. Or, you know, chant Kali on their behalf. <laughs> Up to you. Your dharma, your karma. 
Right, so that's the mistake number four. No follow-up. No follow-up. Do it with love. Be open. Don't be weird about it. But don't take – I think I really think this comes back to um, people taking it so personally that, oh, my God, I, I, I put something out there and it's crickets. I'm a loser. No, it's got nothing to do with you, right? It's got nothing to do with you. Um, myriad factors. You are not your business. You are not your business. Your business, your yoga business, is one of the things that you do in your incredible life. It's not you. It's not your identity. People aren't rejecting you. You're not a bad person. You're not falling down the, you know, eight limbs. Still a good person. Just follow up with people and ask them, is there anything I can do for you? I saw that you were interested. People know that they're being pixeled and cookied and tracked up the yin-yang. We all know that. These days I get offended if I get shown advertising the Google Display Network that I have no interest in. Don't show me the BMW ad. I drive a Mazda. You know, that offends me. I mean, I'm aspirational, but not like that. <laughs> you know? People understand that you're tracking data and you're looking at behavior. People, We assume that now. Everybody except you know those people who sitting on the veranda like, oh, my God, Mark Zuckerberg. Yes, that's a good thing. Good. Anyway, I'm not going to go into any more detail about that. So let me do a recap. If you're just joining me, folks, I've been frothing at the mouth about the four mistakes that I see yoga business owners making with their email list. One. They don't have an email list or they're kidding themselves that a Word document that they just type everybody's name into with a semicolon after each email address is an email list. That's not an email list. That, yeah, laugh it up. Like, who, who did that laughing emoji? You have it. <laughs> That's not an email list. I had it. But it was like 1998. Do you know what I mean? It's like if your grandma is still sending out the Christmas note to everybody, with some clip art in it, it's okay for her to do it like that. You have a business, it's not okay. Have an email system. Two, stop measuring your self-worth with your number of unsubscribes. It's got nothing to do with you. People just don't like stuff anymore. You know, it's like me and cheese. It was so awesome for so long and then it was just like, I'm done. It's not cheese's fault. I just don't like cheese anymore. Rotten milk. Milk. Do you get my point? It's not cheese. Cheese is still awesome for most people. Just not for me. Cheese isn't having a breakdown about it that I know of. We don't talk anymore. Don't freak out about people unsubscribing. It's like dating. You don't go on a second date with someone who's weird. Just let them go in love. <laughs> Number three, people don't email enough. If you've got a low open rate, unless you've got a 100% open rate, people aren't reading every email that you're sending. Just because you're sending it to them doesn't mean they're reading it. So you need to send more so that people read some. Send more email. It's easy to unsubscribe. It's very easy. And I don't think this is a secret, folks. Kind of satisfying to delete stuff without reading it out of your inbox. Do you know how much I love? I can sit on my phone and just like zing, zing, zing. zing. It makes me feel like I'm achieving stuff at a, you know, like Hanuman rate. But, 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 but deleting, like in a heartbeat. Look at me go. 
do pe- like helping people out it's making them feel productive that they can blitz your email into the bin with the slide of the finger you know don't worry about you've got to email more don't under email email more because people it's so easy to delete your stuff don't get all bent out of shape about that it's a good thing you're not harassing people they don't care enough it's just too easy to make you go away excellent <laughs> mistake number four is failure to follow up if people have clicked something like you think about these two points together right this, this is really important to consider these in partnership most people delete your email without reading it and we're okay about that because we know that our self-worth is not measured with our open or click rate unsubscribed etc i've made that point most people don't open your email so think about it the people who actually open it and then take the time to read it so that they can see where a hyperlink is and click it you don't do all of that in a busy life with everything else that people could be doing you don't do that unless you are interested for real or nosy that happens too that's always going to happen you know that you're the yoga teacher that teaches two streets over is probably going to click all your links but you know who she is you don't need to send her a follow-up show her how it's done the fact that they got through to that point to go over to your website and take a look at what it is that you're offering means they're really interested you know Follow up with them. It'll be like someone turns up at your door for a first date with a heart-shaped box of chocolates. Do they even exist? Like they're interested. They did that. They bought that thing. That's amazing. You know, call them afterwards or whatever people do when they get presented with a heart-shaped box of chocolates. Don't know. Yet to happen. So they're the four common mistakes that I see people make. Stop doing all of them. Why? Because the world needs what you have to offer. Honestly. I mean, don't we just need more yoga right now? Seriously, we do. We really do. People just in the past 24 hours have been sharing with me the difference that yoga makes in their lives. I was talking with a friend yesterday about how I've actually got to a point in my life where it shocks me when I'm spending time with people who don't have some kind of svadhyaya practice, who don't have built into their life somehow the opportunity to be self-reflective blows my mind. I'm so accustomed to hanging out with yogis, with people like you who actually take time to go, huh, I wonder why I behave like that. Because I think maybe next time I'd like to do it differently. We need more of that. That's one of the most beautiful things that yoga brings to us. I mean, something else that is self-esteem and confidence and sovereignty in the body, all of these things, a moment to pause and rest. A reminder that even breathe like with your whole lungs. This is the stuff that yoga brings to us. And this is what we need so desperately in vast quantities right now in the world. So if you have any of the hangups, I mean, I can joke around and be silly with you guys and hopefully it's inspiring. But this is, this is very serious. You have been given gifts. For whatever reason, you heard someone blowing a conch and you answered the call, you took a teacher training. You want to help people. And if you are not broadcasting your message because of any of your own BS, for example, these four mistakes, it's time to stop it because we need you right now. Like this is a rallying of the troops moment. Lightworkers needed in high 
uh, high, large quantities right now. And it's time to get out of your own way and let your yoga business actually be part of how you surf. If you are creating things that you have studied for, you have literally, right, sweated over, that you've done your own tapasya, you've like you stoked the furnace inside to do your own alchemy, and in that process you've come up with this thing that you genuinely believe could help people, and you are not sharing it with them because of any of these four BS reasons, as Krishna, I'm paraphrasing anyone, ISKCON people, please don't email me. I'm paraphrasing. I know. Prabhupada, Swami Prabhupada would never say it like this. I get it. I'm trying to make a point. As Krishna would say to Arjun in the chariot, man up, it's time. This is your dharma. Get out there and do it. Crush it in the emails. No more of these four mistakes. And if you love that, come hang out with me over the next Two weeks, I've got so many awesome free trainings. Uh, Nicole and I teaching a week-long thing, awesome, handouts, live trainings, Q&A, laser coaching, amazing. It's like, I don't know, 160 people already signed up for it. It's going to be killer. All about spiritual leadership. If it is that time in your business to actually take it to the next level, if you've got the basics down, but now you're realizing that your boundaries are still a bit crappy or it's time to hire somebody or you've hired some people, but you're not so great at it. Or maybe you do actually need to start telling people what to do and that's freaking you out. If things are changing in your relationship because you're not the same person you were six months ago because you've done some inner work. What does that look like? This is all uh, going this is all um, grist for the meal of this conversation about spiritual leadership. So get on that. If you want to get some serious hacks about making things better, put three hours aside and come hang out with me and four other women. We're doing a three hour live stream really like getting into the guts of it some um, real nuts and boltsy stuff that you can be doing about content creation, SEO, stuff that I don't know about, using Google Maps, doing good flies and how to rock a letterbox drop. Uh, and I'll be talking about social media uh, in that as well. Some really cool, really tactical stuff in that masterclass, Health and Wellness Business Accelerator. Again, free, happening next week. Come hang out with me there. And uh, my baby, starting on the 18th of March, the Business of Yoga Speaker Series, 12 yoga experts from around the world talking all things business of yoga, me making a number of cultural faux pas, them sharing some potent anecdotes, me kind of asking some boring slide whistle questions every now and then. It's seriously cool. You're going to love it. Lots of laughs. I really need to make you guys a gag reel from that thing because yeah, funny. Um, if you uh, come join me for that as well, it's going to be awesome. That's everything I've got for you today, folks. Uh, Linda says, awesome tip about the follow-up, Linda, right? Totally. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Uh, if, you're, if you are on the podcast, I would be so, so grateful if you would please subscribe and leave a review. If you have ever found benefit in these podcasts, really, it does make a massive difference to me. Uh, all you gotta do is like tap the star button on your phone. <laughs> it's faster than deleting my email, folks. Uh, and it would really would make a difference to me. So if you are an Abundant Yoga Teacher podcast regular listener, love um, if you would subscribe and give us a five-star review. Not if you think it's crap. Like if you, if you have some kind of um, <clears throat> classical yoga approach, 
you know, if you've got, if you've got a bit screwy on the Buddhism situation and you're really compounding that life is suffering and listening to my podcast is one of the ways that you reiterate that point. No need to leave a review for you. Uh, if you're a hater, uh, I'm okay not hearing from you. But if you like it and if it's been useful, I really would appreciate that. It makes a massive difference to me. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your week wherever you're at. Uh, and I'll speak with you all again soon. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that fabulous Yogi Superstar. Want more from me? Subscribe to this podcast or follow me on Insta at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Talk again soon.